0: You're listening to Next Gen Dem, a podcast where you will hear from the young progressives who are shaping the future of the Democratic Party. I'm Max Warren, and you can join me every other week to meet the next generation of liberal leaders, hear about the causes that matter to them, and learn how you can get involved too. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 14 of Next Gen Dem. Sorry it's been a while. Uh, I'm super excited about my guest today though, Uh, Jake Mikva. He's the founder and CEO of Good Work. It's a new startup that has the potential to completely transform the way millennials connect with and give to political campaigns. Jake and I sat down in person a couple of weeks back, and we chatted about a number of topics, including his time on the Hillary campaign, how he got the idea for Good Work, key takeaways from the recent elections in Virginia, as well as the long-term potential of the Good Work platform. I hope you'll enjoy. So we are uh, here today in my uh, what I call the Next Gen Dem studio, which is actually Uh, A studio. It's my studio apartment (laughs) in New York, Uh, and and Jake, thanks so much for for making the trek here all the way from uh, Chicago. Uh, He he walked in uh, looking like he was still in Chicago. It's like a twenty degree day outside, so yeah, feels like home. But, um, but anyway, Jake, you've, you've got uh, lots of exciting things going on and I can't wait to talk to you. Uh, but before we start, just let me know, you know I know your background is in finance and, and you have an MBA. How did you first decide to get involved in politics?
1: Yeah, that's, it's probably uh, it was going to happen for sure eventually, um, just based on family and, and interests. So my grandfather was a congressman from the south side of Chicago and then later Evanston. Politics is sort of what we all grew up on, so finance was more the exception to the rule, (laughs) and I'm back probably where where I should be. But I did not um, get into my MBA program thinking I'm going to use this to do something in politics very much reluctantly after the election, and I can tell a little bit of that story. Came in thinking I was going to do some sort of finance and investing abroad, and that had this sort of pro-democratic, lowercase d-democratic effect in giving people access to capital that didn't have it before. I got to school in 2015, by the summer of 2016, I was like, this election is incredibly important and I think I could be useful on the campaign. I'm going to start there, I put the finance stuff to the side. And then after the election, I was like, well, I can't do that. There's things we should be working on here that I want to get involved in. So very much post 2016, it was sooner rather than later.
0: Got it. And, and, and explain your role. You worked on the, on the Hillary campaign. Uh, you know, what was, your, what was your role in the Hillary campaign?
1: So I worked on the budget team, so there's an accounting team and a budget team, we were sort of looking at the money that was coming in and where we were allocating it, making sure we're landing the plane at, at zero, not at 20 million in the hole, um, very much marrying the mission with the money.
0: Got it. And and this, I think it's a good example also for people listening to this, that, you know, you don't have to be, to be on a campaign, it's not like you have to knock on doors or you have to understand communications or polling. Like there are actual finance jobs on these campaigns. It's almost like, I think I've heard someone say a a campaign is the, you know, the fastest scale up, scaled up startup ever, right? Like it's a, it's a company that's basically built overnight.
1: Right. With all the
0: traditional functions of a company.
1: And then... By design, needs to wind down to zero, eighteen, eighteen or two years, eighteen months or two years later. So yeah, I applied, I applied cold, thinking that they could use an MBA for something. They responded, "Do you know Excel?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, I can, I can do some Excel." And so I joined the budget team, and that was, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they weren't getting their uh, their doors knocked down by uh, by by you know people who could pivot tables uh, incredibly <laughs> incredibly well. Um, but uh, anyway, I mean, I guess. You know my last question, and then I obviously want to talk about good work and everything you're doing, and all the good work you're doing there. But um, in your opinion, to use a phrase from Hillary, uh, what happened?
1: Yeah, what happened? So I have my my but for list. Hillary Clinton would be president but for, and at the top of that list, or even in my top three, I don't include Hillary Clinton the person or the campaign that she ran. You know, we're talking about eighty thousand votes. It could be James Comey. It could be Russians. All of these things were happening, and in fact, we were all talking about these things. So what happened is the things that we cared about, the things that were going to allow her to win, couldn't break through because of kind of the circus and the way that the media covered this sort of very new style campaign. We were talking about the Russians in August, and no one else was. And it's a year later, and we're talking about them. It's like, well, we were saying that, but it wasn't breaking through. Right. So I would say that uh, there's a list of maybe 40 things that, you know, could have been done differently all of them are small but what happened is a very serious qualified candidate couldn't break through in 2016 because of so many of the factors that were out there.
0: Right, and nobody was talking about the issues, uh, right. which is your 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 endeavor uh, seeks to do that and also seeks to do that in a way that helps raise money for, for candidates uh, who are going to be coming down the pipeline in the future, maybe one day running for president themselves. Um, so that's a good transition to, to, to what you're doing at Good Work. Can you can you explain a little bit, can you explain what that is? And I'd love to sort of go a little deeper and how you came up with the idea and, and how it actually functions in, in, in practice
1: sure so um, in we say this only half jokingly uh, think schoolhouse rock meets gawker meets act blue and that sounds stupid and you have to unpack it but what we really mean is we're mixing civics and political lessons or schoolhouse rock like I'm
0: just a bill yeah yeah, exactly
1: Um, and, and you know the civics that was embedded in this like cool fun learning thing with new digital media styles and political giving so that's where the act blue is and so Putting content online that informs but allows people to follow through not just to be educated but to take that through to electoral impact. And to focus on 18 to 35 year olds, we know they're online, we know that they're not apathetic about politics but giving them these tools, these opportunities to follow through from their newsfeed is really important to us and we think has this profound effect on converting social media space from passive to active in politics.
0: So in practice, what, what does it look like? Do you, is there a good work website? I mean, I finding this on Facebook? Like how, how do I, as a citizen interested in getting involved, how do I encounter you?
1: Yeah, so we built a website, but really it serves just to feed really clean look and good donation technology into Facebook news feeds. So you will encounter good work articles, good work graphics, good work videos on your Facebook feed. And if you click through, you're doing things on the Good Work website, but not without ever leaving—you know—without leaving the Facebook in-app browser. That's right. where we know young people are using it, and so that's what we built on purpose.
0: Right. So you, so you develop. So I've, I've, I've seen—you know—some some of what you've done, and it's essentially. You know it'll be a a you know it'll be a, sort of a piece about the importance or the impact of of climate change and the and the importance of electing people and establishing policies that effectively combat climate change and then that leads to sort of a donation list of candidates and in this case we're talking about virginia which is you were very active there and i want to talk about that uh, candidates who have sort of distinct sort of and good <laughs> views on climate and it gives you the option to donate directly to them through the article. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're you know still playing around with style and tone and is it one candidate? Do you put a bucket of candidates? I had one of our interns wrote an article about electing progressive women and she couldn't choose. So she just said, let's do a bucket and we'll distribute the money equally. And so she called it the lady bucket. Hmm. And was like, please put money in the lady bucket and we're going to give it to these four fantastic women running in Virginia. And you know, to play around with what our what users more likely to do is to give them one option, give them three, but all geared towards, this is somebody who agrees with you or you share their values. They're running in Virginia. You may not even be in Virginia, but if today you wanna to fight for those values, here's a way to do it.
0: And this is something that is Totally sort of legitimate with, I mean, I'm not implying you're not legit, but like with campaign finance laws, either obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of restrictions. There's no problem with you having a, a lady bucket or, you know, giving to particular candidates.
1: Yeah, so we registered as a PAC, and any state where we're getting involved, we learn the campaign finance laws. Virginia is a little interesting. There are no campaign finance laws almost. I mean, oh, great. There's coordination. <laughs> right, right, It's a good place to experiment and not go to jail. Um, so we registered as a PAC. We make sure we're doing it right. Those, we're very clear about who the money's going to and how it gets there. And we have very good lawyers at Perkins Coie that have helped us understand this. I now know way more campaign finance law than I, than I cared to originally. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pass-through political donation that we take, process, and give directly to the candidate.
0: And so how'd you come up with this idea? Was this like a, a business school project, or were you sitting in, in, in headquarters in Brooklyn saying, I know what we need to do?
1: Yeah, so I joke that the founding moments we have it on our website. There's a picture of me on CNN looking very upset on election night last year, and we joke that that's a founding moment. We came back to school, Really, realistically, it was three weeks later, after the depression and shock had worn off, we sat down.
0: Who's we, just so two, I...
1: Two friends, both of whom have political and policy backgrounds, one's an MBA, one's a friend in Chicago, and we said, okay, out of all the things that, that could have been done differently, what can we credibly tackle and, and take on in a, in a, in a credible way? Um, And we really said millennial under-engagement is the thing that maybe we could focus on and we know that this happens in digital space and we know, you know, nine billion Facebook action items happened around this election and 45% of young people showed up. So there's this disconnect. We started sketching out an idea that's, that's moved a little bit, but it still maintains pretty high fidelity to that view of let's convert digital space to a more politically impactful space. Um, and then, yeah, maybe started as catharsis, um, but we pitched it at the University of Chicago, um, in the social new venture challenge, made it all the way through to the finals of that and got a little feedback towards the end. Maybe some judges were saying, you know, progressive politics is not social impact. And I was like, as a mikvah and as now a, a good work person, like I couldn't disagree with you more. Um, but, uh. We got really good feedback from that process. And two days after I graduated, we, we launched. We're like, let's get this going, four months to Election Day in Virginia.
0: So you were very active in Virginia, um, and, you know, I. You know it clearly had an effect right i mean we elected what well, we flipped 15 seats in the house of delegates and kept the uh, governor's mansion a lieutenant governor an attorney general and lots of sort of groundbreaking uh wins a lot of candidates you know first transgender candidate the first latina candidate i mean the list goes on and on it's incredible um you know you were on the ground a little bit but you were more sort of on the on the tech side of it uh and and seeing how people were acting on reacting on social media what were your observations and and do you have any sense of of how and where good work played a role or is it too early to to say
1: we're still going back through i would say if we played any role it's very marginal but we took our cues from these great groups on the ground and the the, just the effort was sort of unprecedented people bringing skill sets and tech and all sorts of organizational um, institutional knowledge to virginia to say how can i help how can we coordinate so we had a slack channel we had these weekly calls everyone sort of singing from the same hymn sheet and we tried to do that too and did we had we not had those kinds of friends we wouldn't have even been able to be relevant or you know say, saying the right things we had lots of great friends that taught us here's what we're working on so we're still going through the numbers we were putting up videos and articles geared 18 to 35 in specific cities and in some of these you know college towns especially the the margin the, mar- the margin of victory is like 25 votes So we can't take credit for 25 votes, but all of these groups combined, you know, showed young people an avenue to really vote their values and and make a difference. And that's what we saw. So try not to pound the table too hard for millennials, but they showed up and we're talking about dozens of votes that, you know, you could say the millennials were the difference maker.
0: Did most of the people giving to candidates in Virginia, were they from Virginia, did you find? Or was it, you know, people like me who are based in New York who are, you know, interested in, and want to see positive results in Virginia but don't feel like they have any real skin in the game?
1: It's both. So we were deliberately showing things to people in Virginia and also, you know, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, New York, where young people um perhaps didn't have a, a fight in 2017. We're saying, there is a fight, and the issues that you care about are on the ballot. So it was both... Um And it was really interesting to see sort of what articles were most successful in which places, and we're still going through all this stuff, and to to inform us, we call this our listening tour, to inform us what should we be talking about, what compels young people to do this, and then being able to have that conversation with them, like you can have X impact.
0: Right, and so I, I know based on the exit polls, healthcare was the number one issue uh, in the state. Did you do? Did you run articles on healthcare? Did you find sort of an increase? And again, I know you're still going through everything, but did you find an increase in engagement around healthcare articles? An increase in giving, or was there? Or is or, or that sort of a different different issues of of importance among among millennials?
1: Uh, it was an issue across the board. Good works data doesn't. We don't have enough data to say right. that was the yeah. You're the a good MBA. MBA. You're a good MBA. There's right. not enough data right. to make right. decisions, I, right? right. Um, With but, the
0: data you do have, uh, but
1: but that is true. Of if you go look at the coordinated effort around it was coordinated by Planned Parenthood and NextGen and those guys, they say that healthcare was the single most engaged issue in all the digital stuff that they did. So I would I would be inclined to say that that yes, that was the difference maker for our message. We were saying okay, healthcare is the national conversation, and Virginia specifically, Medicaid expansion. How do we translate that into a message for millennials that resonates? And so the article we ran was four million millennials are actually on Medicaid, but only in states that expanded it. So if you live in California, which did expand it, you can understand the the economic benefits and the personal benefits of expansion. Here's how you fight for that for Virginia, for millennials just like you. And that's what we're doing.
0: So you could. So just so I and and because I think. You know, I think what you're doing is great. To me, it's there's a I'm I'm still trying to figure out pieces of it, right? So you could actually, and I'm not an expert on on Facebook targeting or anything like that, but in theory, to what you just said, you could put a a pitch up in California, a, you know, a, a nice sort of well written piece about the impact of Medicaid on, on millennials or the, or the number of millennials on Medicaid, maybe you can feature, you know, a young person who's on Medicaid, whose life was saved and they wouldn't have insurance otherwise you can target that to California and then use it as a pitch to give to candidates in Virginia. Can you like get that micro targeted?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can geographic, you know, geolocate and things like that. What, what really needs to break through even more than who you're talking to is what are you showing them? And mm-hmm. so it needs to be visually compelling We try to keep it to 500 words or less we know people's attention is stretched on especially on digital um to really be cogent and say this is something you care about so serving it to the right people but also what are you serving is
0: and how and has nobody done this before like why is this different from other sort of fundraising pitches on on social media
1: um we would say that all of the fundraising tools that have been built so far are pretty candidate-centric, and so these are great toolkits that get sold to candidates so that they can first discover and then compel an online audience to do the thing that the candidate wants them to do, like show up to volunteer, show up to Canvas, um, donate. And in digital space, in particular, and for millennials who are overwhelmingly their participants in digital, 50% think candidates don't come across as super authentic on the internet, and so are you spending money to advertise to a group that's going to ignore it because of this source? And so there are great tools, but we think that there's this opportunity for a platform that has its own voice that makes that introduction and so that candidates don't have to come across as inauthentic in order to engage an online audience.
0: And so you've had, um, you know, you started this, as you said, I mean, you started it in business school, but really in earnest, right after graduating from business school, and this was back in, in May, I assume, uh, you had, you know, four or five months until the, until the election. Um, in that time, obviously, you've, you've tested out in Virginia, but you've also had some interesting people come on board and work with you. Can you talk about, and, and, and advise you can, you, can you talk about some of those people that you've been able to, to pull into this mission?
1: Sure. Um, so when we were pitching it at school, one of my professors, Austin Goolsby, who the Obama world knows and, and loves. We were very fortunate to get him on board, and he was, yeah. He's the,
0: and who's just for people who don't, who's Austin Koolsby. Sorry, he
1: was an econ professor at University of Chicago, an early economic advisor to President Obama in 08, and then chaired the uh, Council of Economic um, Advisors in the White House, um, and is now back at the University of Chicago. I took his class, I got a B, that's A, pay, <laughs> we still like each other. Um, and he, he was sort of our first advisor, and that helped us attract you know, some of his friends, whether it's Anish Chopra in Virginia, um, or we have this great Q&A. He's
0: the former CTO. Or, right? CTO yeah, Obama
1: yeah. CTO and uh, a political tech entrepreneur in his right. own right. Um, and uh, we had a, a Q&A uh, just one week before the election of Tom Perriello, who ran in the primary against Northam, uh, lost, but then became one of his you know most vocal Surrogates I, on the
0: I liked Periello a lot. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, you should go read that. It was a lot
1: of fun. Um, and so attracting people like that to the platform because they have their own voice and, and mission, and this, this is a platform where they can get that out there too, I think has been really compelling for them and, and helps us because there are these great names that, that have their own audiences that, that want to get involved.
0: Right. And what are your, you know, so, so you've done Virginia. Um, you, were you active in New Jersey or or No.
1: No, we looked at the campaign finance uh, landscape and thought it would be very difficult to get involved. And we said we're going to pilot in Virginia. Let's not stretch ourselves too thin.
0: Um, s- well, so small team. But so, what are your what are your growth plans? Though? What's what's the next step? Right, we have the whole you know whole country is having an election. Uh, you know, basically a year from now. Uh, how what is what is your vision for Good Works? Sort of the role Good Work is going to play in twenty eighteen.
1: Sure. And yeah, again, we we want to try to keep it pretty focused. If Virginia was a pilot, we'd call this, a maybe an expanded pilot. It's the first big midterm election where there's elections everywhere, so we're going to pick a few states. I know we're going to be active in Illinois, where I live, Um, maybe some neighboring states like Ohio and Michigan, and really try to narrow down sort of clarity of mission around which kinds of candidates should young people be paying attention to. Is it the competitiveness of the race? Is it because they're super out in front on issues that young people care about? So really yeah
0: yeah sorry packaging and I, it. I, I want to hear the rest of it but who makes those decisions around the candidates you support is that a, is that a you decision or you know because there were you know how many there how many delegate seats are there in virginia right and yeah you couldn't necessarily funnel not funnel sounds like a bad word but you couldn't necessarily direct donations to all of them i mean you have to sort of focus your efforts a little bit how do you make those decisions
1: sure so we we admitted that we knew very little about virginia you know, three months before the election when I graduated and we were getting, really getting ramped up. Um, So we took our cues from groups on the ground like Flippable and other groups. In 2018, we want to look for those same partners to say, or or, or fill some gaps. So 18 to 35 year olds should be paying attention to these kinds of candidates. And I think the, the, maybe our operating principle is um, races where they can make a difference and whether that's a candidate that's lacking in fundraising or in a competitive race that young people could make a, a difference. So we're going to pick a handful of races if we did all 400 something you know, congressional seats and everyone got 50 bucks, we wouldn't have <laughs> proven anything. So right. really tailoring it to these are some seats that can be flipped. Or these are some progressives that are really out ahead on the issues that young people care
0: about. Got it. So twenty eighteen, you know, all goes well. You prove the prove the case, or you prove the theory that this is really this really moves the needle with millennials. Do you, you know, long term is this something you're committed to, and and you see, you know, having a role in twenty twenty and beyond? I mean, where what where could this go? In, in your like, if you had to, what's your dream scenario for Good Work?
1: Sure, um, I would. I would say we would love to be involved and if it's a platform that's working and our theory of change is correct, and I'd still call it a theory, although we had some really good success in Virginia, um, we would love to be involved in 2020, especially in the online media space where there's so much information, disinformation, um, fracturing of sources, to really have our own sort of center of gravity to say, if you need good information, you should be coming to Good Work to find that. And then being able to follow through really easily so we would love to be involved um, one of the things they tell you in business school is don't be a solution in need of a problem and so we, we don't think that i mean i think a lot of people are talking about millennial engagement um, but if people aren't coming to the platform in the kinds of volume or, or or creating the kind of change that we we think they can this way we would shut it down or, or give it to someone else or combine forces with some of these other great groups that are that are new and still experimenting. Um, so we don't need to Steve Jobs this ourselves and the Black Turtlenecks. We would love to also find partners that are doing this well and, and combine forces. So
0: Got it. So, so if, if if you're listening to this right now, or, or for my for my vast trove of listeners, um, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, no, we we know people listen. Um, how 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 do how do people get involved if they wanna if they wanna get? It, obviously, they can give, but uh, but beyond that, what can they do?
1: Yeah, so we're setting up a really fun campaign for 2018. Uh, we just bought the URLs. We're gonna have a lot of fun with this. Uh, running fundraising. Asks as the woke brothers, okay. so playing off the Coke brothers, right. and have this be a really visually compelling, you know, cartoons and animation. Give these two woke brothers backstories and like, you know, be be the be the difference between them them and the Cokes, or you know, support the woke brothers over the Coke brothers. Um, Can so we find you...
0: something that rhymes with Mercer too? Or yeah, just... <laughs> right.
1: Um, so we're still setting this up, and so if people are interested in getting involved in this, like, kind of cheeky, fun way to fundraise in 2018. We are ne- always in need of like great creatives and designers and people that can help bring this to life. If you go to our website now, it's goodwork.org, it's probably the upper limit of my design ability. And so always looking for folks that have a skill set that we don't have that, can th- that think it's cool and want to chip in. Um, they can reach out to me directly. I would love to have um, smarter people than I, like informing, that kind of stuff. Um, and that would be, uh, that would be the, the thing that I asked for, I suppose.
0: Awesome, and, and good work, it, it's W-E-R-K. So it's good W-E-R-K.
1: Yes, like okay. good work, but putting the we in work. Got it, got which it. Which we came up with after.
0: Right, we work, <laughs> the company might have a problem with that. So we gotta be, be careful uh, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how much you say that. So listen, I, I like to end these with, um, the first. I mean also amazing what you're building and, and just so exciting and I, I'm really excited to see where where it goes, and, and and as you said, some of these races can be, especially on the local and state level at a, at a House of Delegates, You know, those elections could turn on dozens of votes, and the difference could be the millennials who, who you were able to engage with through this platform or the donations you were able to secure from folks who never realized they could get involved in a, in a race that's not in their state or not in their district because they get feel galvanized by an issue they care about. So it's really exciting. Um, I like to end these with uh, with some rapid fire questions. Uh, I have three for you, so um, get ready. First is is a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a softball, but um, you know, what was the biggest surprise for you uh, as you engaged in the Virginia elections?
1: Sure, I'll try to keep it quick. So yeah, rapid fire, great success, and we're really proud of the work that everyone did um, in Virginia. The thing that still so surprises me, and this is my second cycle, being very close to the ground, um, is the Amount of efforts in still in voter suppression. Um, you're seeing tweets and texts and phone calls that are deliberately trying to disenfranchise, especially people of color. And to be on the ground and, and watch that happen is upsetting. But they you know it's it's garnering attention and people are working on it.
0: What has been the biggest challenge in creating good work? And I, I think the, I think what's interesting about this is a lot of people. The idea of the podcast is to get people to inspire people to well first of all to give people exposure to people like you and to give you a platform but also to inspire people to maybe take on a project like the one you're doing and and a lot of people struggle with okay i have an idea but what do i do and uh so i guess maybe i i'm turning into a two-part rapid-fire question one what would your advice be to them if they have an idea and then what is the biggest challenge that you face that they might face as well
1: yeah the the biggest challenge i think is defining mission and not having mission groups. So clarity of mission, I would say probably answers both parts. It is the most difficult thing to do and maybe even perhaps the thing that we struggle with the most. Clarity of mission, really defining what you want to do, what success looks like and being laser focused on execution on that idea. So when we first got started, you know, what is good work and I'd say, do you have 45 minutes? Like it would take us that long to explain it. So really being able to boil it down to these are the people that we want to use our product And this is the result that we want to have, starting with this is the problem that we identified in the world.
0: Got it. Okay, last question. Who do you want to see on the top of the ticket in 2020?
1: Who do I want to see on the top of the ticket in 2020? It's a great question. (laughs) If I was a more experienced political person, I could (laughs) spin myself out of this. I I really don't know. I think um, Virginia is probably the first... Example of you know a, a big data set where that we're still digging through as to like what peop, what turns people on what got people to vote I'm turnout sorry. was really high. I want it to be the candidate that is going to turn out young people because that's the the person that inspires them to get politically involved. The the the,
0: the data science candidate sort of like the like the candidate identified through data. Basically, not not
1: no, over relying on that, no, 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 but I know. the person. But I that... think
0: about I think about like Netflix, and I, I read this whole thing about Netflix and how they their their sort of Netflix shows are created based on sort of data points they have on their users, and they know what actors they react to and what genres, and they sort of build a show. It used it used to be like someone came and pitched you a show. I think Netflix does a lot of okay, we want a show that checks all these boxes. Go create that show, or go find that show, and I think that's kind of an interesting concept around like we know all the boxes our, our president needs to check. Or to win at least a Democrat, let's go, let's, be, let's like build that candidate, right? It's kind right. of a cool, unique And It doesn't idea. need to
1: be workshopped and no, manufactured, no, no, but no. it's the person that really inspires young people to show up. And I think that's, that's not everyone, right? right. I mean, and I think we've learned that in, in past election cycles.
0: Cool. Well, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time. Once again, it's, it's goodwork.org, G-O-O-D-W-E-R-K.org. And you'll be seeing Good Work on a news feed on your Facebook page uh, very soon. And now you'll know the, the brains behind it. Jake, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here.
0: All episodes of Next Gen Dem are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or really wherever you listen. You can also find them at nextgendem.com, uh, where I actually have even more content. Thanks again for listening and please spread the word to your friends.